And thanks to the help we get from uh, Dan Burns, ASC Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Uh, we'll keep it running. We'll help you keep it running. Dan will. He's the master, and he's been helping us out, helping you out here on CCO for many, many years. So if you do have any kind of questions about your vehicle before you, uh, if you feel you need to take it in to your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, uh, call in or text in. Dan will give you some idea of what might be uh, wrong with it, car, truck, van, whatever the case may be. Good morning to you, Dan Burns. Good morning. Nice to see you again. You have a, I'm sure <laughs> this has got to be a busy week for a lot of shops, including yours. Well, it is. It's uh, We got our warning, didn't we, that winter's really going to come. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, good news is now we have a, <clears throat> we're getting a little break. A little break. I, I heard the weather week. forecast, and it sounds like we're going to get a break. So uh, hopefully we can all get caught up and get our plans made to get our cars serviced be more proactive before the uh thanksgiving holiday that we're and we're all traveling so uh yeah that's that's coming up hard to believe well it's actually when you think about it, it's not very far off so if you're thinking about getting your car serviced before uh thanksgiving you're get it's starting to get late yeah (laughs) you better uh better get that on the schedule well if you have a question you want to ask dan as i said you can call it in or text it and same number applies to either the phone call or text and that number is 651-989-9226. I had to laugh because uh, you and I, from time to time, talk about uh, tire pressure. So I, uh, a few days ago, I thought I, the, the, the cold the pressure on my car is at 33 pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I thought, okay, what I'm going to do, because it's colder weather's coming in, I don't want the, you know, to get below that. So I'll kind of overinflate it. So I made each... Tire forty. Oh yeah, thinking it's going to back up. Well, the temperature changed. It warmed up. On it you. warmed up, so it's <laughs> it's increasing even more. Is that dangerous? By no, the way? no, uh, okay. no. In fact, I do the same thing when when people come in this time of year uh, to get air in their tires. I do put extra in. I don't put six pounds extra or eight pounds <laughs> in extra. I put up, uh, but I'll put a couple extra because otherwise, just in in January, they're just going to be back. Yeah, the, the light will be back on and. Uh, in the old days, we didn't know, you know, we didn't have lights. <clears throat> we didn't know this air, the air pressure has always changed like that. But yes. we just didn't know it before. And the, and, the, and the tire pressure monitoring system didn't warn us that it was happening. And I wish it didn't warn us. It did. But for vehicles that have those uh, uh, things in the tire, they're, they're, they're sensors. They're battery operated, are they? They are battery operated. Oh, okay. And they do fail from time to time. Okay. Although they're incredibly... Resilient. We don't. We. I mean, we obviously sell a lot of them because there's millions of them on the road. Yeah. But, but considering how many cars have those and how many, how old some of the cars are that have them, uh, we don't change very many of those sensors. So it's, I think uh, you're right because the yeah, car they really hold up. Car Tony's driving is uh, <coughs> ten years old, right? And I don't think we've uh, ch- uh, had to change that. It'll change tires. Right. In fact, you changed the tires. Yeah. But uh, yeah, all right, they hold up good. They do. All right. Uh, let's get to it. If you have a question for Dan for your vehicle problem, call it in, text it in, 651-989-9226. Uh, tell you what, Barry is uh, calling from Egan, I think. Barry, what's your question for Dan? Um, several months ago, maybe six months ago, Dan was talking about deposit buildups on uh, valves and maybe specifically turbocharged engines. And he was making the comment that one of the reasons for that was that the fuel with the cleaning additives uh, doesn't touch that part of the valve, and therefore they don't get clean. And then made the comment that one way to avoid it is to use uh, high-quality 
fuel. And so I was trying to understand the difference with the fuel doesn't touch it, what difference it makes to use high-quality fuel. Well, I, I agree with you. It doesn't make any difference. What you're talking about is direct injection, where the fuel is directed directly into the intake manifold or, or directly into the combustion chamber. And uh, the high-quality fuel, I don't know why I said that, the high-quality fuel on most of those cars, uh, including my wife's car, uh, the car asks for premium fuel. And uh, as just in, in the in the uh, journals and so forth that I've read, if the car asks for premium fuel, you should use it. Uh, once again, it's designed for it. It's manufactured and engineered that way, and you should use that. But but no, what you're saying is exactly right. If the uh, fuel is not getting sprayed on the backside of the valve, it'll do nothing to keep the carbon off the valve. Mm-hmm. So best thing you can do is, is uh, you know, uh, keep everything clean. Keep the uh, the oil clean. Keep the the uh, the vehicle serviced the way that it's that it's supposed to be properly serviced. Yeah, especially and, as we and use premium fuel because the manufacturer yeah. recommends it. But uh, but no, it does not. The premium fuel, the regular fuel, does not spray on the backside of the valves on a direct injected engine. All right, good point. Thank you, Barry. Uh, let's see who is next. Let's talk to uh, Richard. Richard's calling in from uh, Minneapolis. Richard, you're on CCO. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm calling about my daughter in California who has a 2000, I believe it's 15 or 16 Toyota Highland Highlander. And she has this occurring where it will race like it's in neutral when she's in drive, going to several thousand RPM. And she took a video of it and brought it into the dealer. And, of course, then they say, well, we can't reproduce this. Uh, it's not occurring, but it concerns me about this uh, lawsuit that happened for Toyota in St. Paul, where the gentleman went to jail for his car racing and going in drive. If this were to go into drive at that many RPM, she'd be totally out of control. It tends to happen, she believes, in the morning when she's kind of going up a incline or a hill. But it's she showed me the she sent me the video. And maybe I'll have to bring the video in to Lloyd's to show you. I just cannot believe that that wouldn't show up on their diagnostics. Hmm. Well, uh, uh, unfortunately, it won't show up on their diagnostics if they can't get it. Uh, if they can't get it to act up, and it, um, there's a whole bunch of things that are that are inputs to idle control. And, of course, the computer is in charge of the idle control. Uh, for example, if the air conditioning turns on, it turns up the idle. If the power steering uh, uh, binds up or, or, or needs extra energy, uh, the idle turns up uh, in cold weather. You know, oh, when yes. you start the vehicle in the morning, uh, uh, the idle turns up, and the computer is, is capable of doing that. And so if it's getting a false input, uh, that certainly would cause it. Or if the controller, if the idle speed controller is not working properly, uh, or if there's a problem, you know, a software glitch in the computer that's, that's uh, causing it. But, but I do agree that if it's not, if I can't experience it, it's going to be really hard for me to point to anything that, uh, that would be causing this uh, because it, you know, when I'm looking at it, it's all going to check normal. 
and the car, uh, obviously the check engine light's on, so the car didn't store a code, <clears throat> so there's no information to go with there to even start a an educated guess. So I know that's frustrating. I should uh, say. That's not a good answer to, to help with the problem. But uh, Would you take a, a, try another shop? Well, I, I'd, I'd, I'd have to... <laughs> what usually happens with something like that is we end up keeping the car for a while. Okay. And uh, and uh, that's a little tricky depending upon the season, too. You know, if, if anybody's going to be willing to spend enough time with it or be able to spend enough time mm-hmm. with it to get it to act up, to get the information that we need. But, but that's what you would do at Lloyd's. We have keep it. <clears throat> we would put the scan tool on the car. When it's actually acting up, we would, there's a, you know, we can push a button and take a picture of what's happened before and after the experience and then ha- and then have bring it back and put it on our computers and we can watch all of that data but uh but if it happens very infrequently it's that's hard to see. Oh, I guess frustrating. Yeah. Well, good luck with that Richard. Good luck to her. Uh I tell you what, we need to take a break. We have more show to come so don't go away. We have callers, we have texters, we'll help out as soon as we're back from the break. Welcome back to our car care show here on CCO. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, located where, Dan? We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul, right between Lexington and Victoria. Grand Avenue is starting to get decorated up for the holidays and starting to look pretty. It's a Grand Avenue. It really is. Come on over and see us and Grand Avenue. There's a lot to see there. So, or you can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, Lloyd's Automotive. Dot net or give a call uh, as early as this morning, 651-228-1316. Excellent. We'll get you that phone number before Dan leaves us. He, he's going to be here for about another, ooh, 15, 16 minutes or so. Uh, Shirley has a question. Shirley's calling from uh, Eden Prairie, I believe. Uh, Shirley, go ahead, please. Hi. <clears throat> Excuse me. My daughter freaked out with the temperature. Of this week, and so she's looking at putting a putting a um, car starter on a 2007 Subaru, and I have heard that sometimes that could screw up the uh, electric the electrical system. And my son had one, and his after about nine months, it stopped working. What are your thoughts on these uh, car starters? I want one too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh that's a uh uh one of the benefits that we get to enjoy in this in this weather and uh the, honestly the manufacturers have uh, gotten really really good at being able to integrate the car starter into the vehicle and uh lots and lots of cars that come into Lloyd's have uh the the remote start uh they're fabulous. You can even get them now where they're attached to your iPhone and, mm. and you pay a sub- little subscription and, and you can start it from anywhere in the world, honestly, wow. and, which is really nice. But at any rate, no, they've gotten very efficient with them. Um, <clears throat> I would I would check with the manufacturer, like the Subaru dealer, and ask them what brand they sell. You know, Maybe you just want to have it done there, uh, have it installed there. But they, uh, they're pretty much just plug-and-play now where they're integrated in and they are they don't have to do a bunch of splicing and, oh, and that sort of stuff. So buy a good quality one that the manufacturer recommends because then the car will work well with it. And uh, But I think it, I think it's a great idea. And, uh, and like I say, 
I want one, too. All right, good. Uh, thank you, Shirley. Uh, Tom is calling from Lake Elmo, then we'll have to take a quick break. Tom, what's your question for Dan? Okay, I have an older uh, uh, Pontiac GTO, 1966, and it uh, the tachometer, when you, when you uh, turn it on, it goes to about eight, eight, about 800 RPM. So the tachometer is working. It's live. Something's in there working. But then when you're going down the road, the, the, the needle goes to about just over 1,000, and there it stops. And it doesn't make any difference how fast you're going or how many RPM are really running through that, uh, that uh, being produced by that engine. It doesn't go above about 11 or 1,200. So uh, I'm wondering how hard or what, would you guess is the problem with that tachometer and where I guess I don't know where what the tachometer is reading where does it connect to where is it reading from is it the oh he had to yeah. leave I know I know where his question was going okay, so sure. yes uh, the tack does attach to the negative side of the ignition coil back in the day when we used to read uh, dwell for points and all of that sort of stuff, we'd hook up a wire. One one wire went to the negative side of the uh, coil. The other or the the other side went to a ground, and you could read the tack, the dwell, and all that sort of stuff on a on a single meter. And uh, so, really, all that's going on is you have a wire running from your coil to the tack, and then the tack is grounded somewhere, either. Uh, one of those, it could have a bad ground. That certainly would cause it. That'd be the first thing to to check. But it's a, just a two wire deal. Very very simple. And uh, and if the wiring is good, then the tack has failed. And that's what you need to do is replace it. But replace. But it. you okay. could. It'd be easier for me. I would just hook my tack up to your wires, and uh, and read it. And if then I know the wiring's good. And, and if that's the case, then I would replace the tack. The tack. All right. Yeah. We need to take a, a quick break here. We'll uh, be back. So hang on. Dan will be here for about another oh, 12 minutes or so. And good morning. Welcome back to CCO's uh, Car Care Show. Danny along with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Oh, my. We have uh, callers. We have texters. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to the calls in a second. But a, a texter sent one in earlier, and I know the texter is listening. Uh, good morning. I'm texting early. You'll be driving. 2012 Ford Escape. The blower motor only works on four, level four. One, two, three does not work. They don't work. Can I do any triage or does the motor need replacing? If yes, how complicated slash expensive would that be? Does the dash need to come off? Again, it's a 2012 Ford Escape. Yeah, No, it's the blower speed resistor that has failed, and it's behind the glove box somewhere uh, in the heater box or, you know, on the outside of the heater box, so you have easy access to it. And uh, when the ve- or when the blower motor is on high speed, it runs directly from the fuse to the blower motor. When it's on any of the other speeds, it needs to go through this resistor uh-huh. to turn down the electricity, and uh, and that's how the speeds are are lowered. So the resistor has failed, and uh, you need to replace it. Okay, let's go back to the phones. Mike is calling from Springfield, I believe. Mike, you're on with Dan. Hey, Dan Morton. How you doing? Good. Um, two couple quick questions. One is I got an 05 Chevy Silverado 5.3. Run synthetic blend oil in it. When you start it up in the morning, it'll say low oil pressure. But the second it gets warm, it'll run good. And then also, can you run a higher blend of ethanol? And the next question is on a 98 Chevy pickup, Chevy Silverado, 
You turn the fan on, you can hear the fan blow all kinds of air. But you, when you move your foot to defrost, to the vents, it don't do nothing. But you look underneath the dash, and you can see that rod go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, on the old truck with the blower motor, I'm, I'm or blower speed, I'm thinking that the uh, air conditioning evaporator has leaked a little bit, and it gets clogged up with dust and debris and cotton and all that sort of stuff, so there's, there may be no air going through it. In other words, the fan's running, but it's not blowing anywhere. And uh, um, and I can't even remember exactly what the other question was. Is uh, uh, the, the level? Uh... Oh, the uh, oil. When you start it up and, and the oil pressure is uh, not good, uh, that's not good. Um, I hope it's the gauge, but more likely it's the something in the engine itself. Um, uh, and you'll have to decide if you want to live with it that way yeah. or not. But <clears throat> the test would be then, and you, the test that we would do and you should have done is to leave the vehicle at the shop overnight, have them hook up um, all the oil gauges so that we can have a real mechanical gauge on the vehicle when we start it in the morning, start it and see what the oil pressure is really doing. If the oil pressure is really low on cold startup, then, you know, obviously there's something going on. Yeah with the oil pressure, with the engine or the oil pump or a valve or something like that, um, that would need to be figured out. If the oil pressure is not low on startup, then the gauge isn't working right, and and you'll need to get the gauge repaired. Almost out of time, Dan. I want to grab some text messages, and maybe we'll do a quick lightning round here. What is causing my check gas cap light to constantly go on? I take it off, put it back on, spin it around. Is that an issue? Well, it, uh, <clears throat> check gas cap means that you have a leak in your evaporative system. The gas cap would certainly be one source of that, but there's a whole bunch of other things, uh, other places that it could be leaking. The, mm-hmm. the fuel system could be leaking, or the the evaporative system, not the fuel system, but the air, the ga- the, the air portion of your fuel, fuel system could be leaking, and we've talked about this where the mice will get under there and chew oh, on yeah. this little... Plastic hoses. They but you, like, they you like your, them for some reason. You and your guys could check that yeah, out. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, just a test procedure. Okay. One more. 2008 Subaru Outback. When I take the foot off the gas, there's this winding down sound. Sounds like an airplane descending. What yeah. could that be? Well, usually that sound is, is coming from one of the bearings. Uh, <clears throat> your drive belt runs on several different pulleys and bearings and idler pulleys and so forth. And uh, usually when, when you get that, that whiny sound... Uh, coming from the engine. It's one of those bearings that is starting to fail. Uh, you should bring that in pretty soon and get that checked because if, if one of those bearings fails completely, the uh, serpentine belt will shred and then your alternator won't turn and the water mm. pump won't turn. And Well, I guess the water pump will still turn on a Subaru, but, but the, the, you know, the alternator won't turn. The components won't turn and then it makes it uh, difficult and sometimes impossible to drive. Well, if you're in that case, uh, position, and you want to get to Lloyd's, how do we do, uh, get in touch with you well, guys? Come on over is the best way. We're at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net or give us a call, 651-228-1316. Excellent. We'll have another show next week, right? Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive.